Welcome, everybody, to the green team of the Legendarium podcast, Legendarium GT, you could call it. Little DBZ reference for you there. I'm your host, Yeti Beats, and with me today, I have Befuddled Panda. Hello. Kip Dan. Ayo. And Drew from the Inking Out Loud podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so we're in for a fun episode today. We're not reviewing any books. Instead, we're going to play a little game, uh, a science fiction and fantasy book draft for the year 2015. So I'll explain the rules real quick. We're going to be drafting books in a snake fashion for the 2% of listeners who actually know about sports. Uh, We're going to be drafting from six categories, fantasy book, sci-fi book, a book under 300 pages, debut author, female author, and then Wild Card, which can be a book from 2015, from any year, or from any genre. Horror, fiction, nonfiction, uh, something freaky. I don't even want to know what we have up our sleeve. So those are the six. And to start off, I thought we'd talk about where we as the panelists were in 2015 as a reader, as a person, in your fandom. And how about we start with our guest, Drew? What do you remember from 2015? Uh, So 2015 was a watershed reading year for me because that was the year I first read The Acts of Cain. Oh, boy. (laughs) I knew it was getting in here somehow. Yeah, you, you... You didn't know what what uh, what can of worms you were open with this particular year, <laughs> but yeah, no, we I uh, before my podcasting days, before anything out loud, I ran a like a local book group, and uh, 2015 we read both the Acts of Cain and the Gap Cycle by Stephen R. Donaldson, so it was some intense reading that year. <laughs> that is uh, what a double feature those two authors bring. Yeah. <laughs> Kip Dan, what about you? Let's see. In 2015, that was about when I started following the Legendarium for the first time. Oh. Uh, and when I started getting like back into organized and methodical reading. <laughs> and so that was that was a fun year for books. That was a uh, there were a couple science fiction books which I will bring up today. Uh, that really like brought me back into harder sci-fi, which I really enjoyed. That is your bread and butter, hard sci-fi. <laughs> All right, Panda, do you remember your 2015? I do. <clears throat> so 2015, it was when I was really getting back into reading because during college, it was like you all you had time to do was your you know, assigned reading, and I had a lot of assigned reading for my majors. Um, so after graduating, I took time off and did not read very much, um, which was really sad because I love reading. And then it was like around 2014 when I really got back into reading. And then 2015, it was like I was in the zone and I read a lot more. Um, and it was my reading taste was very eclectic. It goes from fantasy, sci-fi to like, you know, general fiction historical fiction, middle grade, it's just all over the place. So I had a I had a really nice reading year. Although 2015 was also the year where I read Neil Gaiman for the first time. And I just like read a lot of his stuff that year. 
Do you remember what the first game in book was that set you off? So I actually did not like the first game in book that I read. Um, it was the ocean at the end of the lane. Ugh. And nice. I know. I I did not like it when I read it. I think I haven't reread it since then. I think I will like it more now that I'm more familiar with his style. But then I went on to read like Stardust, Neverwhere, and then his newest book that year, Trigger Warnings. So, yeah. Nice. I was hoping you were going to say American Gods was your least favorite, but that's fine. I'll take it. Ocean. <laughs> I actually haven't read that one. It's on my to-read list. I, I didn't read like in publication order. It's just yeah. all over the place. Yeah, it's the beauty of gaming. You can start anywhere. Really. Um, yeah, for me, I kind of had like a perfect reading experience in 15. So I had like a lot of money saved up and I moved home back home again. So I was kind of in between jobs, but it was like 26. So you could still leech on their health insurance. So like I, had, <laughs> I was in no rush to get a job. So I was just reading all the time. And I think I was getting, I was really big into our fantasy at that point, like finding recommendations. Mm. And it was before I was like kind of burnt out on our fantasy where I'm like, I hate, not hate this place, but I was like, I need to go somewhere else <laughs> to get recommendations or learn about books. Um, but yeah, I was just reading a ton of books from that year, uh, which we'll talk about. So like when we picked this year, um, I found, I actually found a few authors that became my favorite from reading the, their books for the first time. Uh, so it, it was um, it's a pretty impactful year for me. And like I was kind of getting back into fantasy myself at that point. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about it, though. It's <clears throat> and I hope I get every book I want. I doubt that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right. So we'll start. We'll start the draft. We're going to go in this order. Uh, Drew, since he is our guest, he gets to go first. Everyone unanimous, unanimously. I can't say the word. Everyone agreed that that should be. The choice, uh, not Gibson. Uh, Panda, since she is newly engaged, <laughs> is going second. Uh, Kipton, since I don't want him to totally hate me, will go third, and I shall go last. I will say in a snake draft, the person who goes last gets to go twice. He goes fourth, and then it comes back around. So, bragging a little bit there. But, yep. true. <laughs> you are first. You have the first overall pick. You can pick out of any category, you're going to set the tone for this draft. What's the, your number one book and author going to be? So, mm, with the first pick in the 2015 green team <laughs> of the Legendarium science fiction and fantasy draft, <laughs> Drew McCaffrey of the Inking Out Loud podcast is proud to select the award-winning short story published by Tor.com, The Builders by Daniel Polanski. <laughs> God damn. I can't well, he went podcast. for it. <laughs> I, this was actually a tough choice. Uh, I have I have a couple other ones that I think are going to get sniped out from under me. So This is brutal. Uh, and, and this is going for the under 300 pages category. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Got to put on my thinking cap. So why'd you pick it? What? Quick, uh... Yeah, so it, it is just one of the most fun, tight, tightly written, fast-paced, enjoyable stories I've encountered in a long time. Uh, I like to describe it as Watership Down meets The Black Company. You know, it's anthropomorphized animal mercenaries getting the band back together to take revenge. And it ends on an absolute hammer blow of a line. I am not going to spoil it for anybody out there who hasn't read it. If you haven't, go read it. It is so good. 
Uh, I have not read it. Completely agree. Yeah, you are. You are I haven't read it yet. Yeah, both have. It's on the list. Uh, you're missing out. <laughs> I mean, I. It's short, apparently, so I can cram it out. Oh yeah, it's like 140 pages or something like that. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. But the pages are like one chapter is like one of the chapters is like two sentences. Like it's it's a yep. short mm-hmm. 141 pages. So you could literally yeah. read it. Kip could definitely read it in one sitting. Um, but yeah, he's. I love Polanski. I actually, it's weirdly, I feel like that's weirdly his best work. And I don't think he meant it to be that way. You know what I mean? I think this was like a joke book to him <laughs> to write. So yeah, The Builders, classic book, great choice. Kip and Panda should go read it uh, as soon as possible. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Panda. You're up next. Have you been, is this a tough decision for you or? Um, so we're going with under 300 pages. Oh, okay. um, I actually, wait, am I just picking the you, you same can... category or just pick any category? Any category. Yeah, any category. Oh, okay. Any category. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if Yeti is going to pick this one, but I'm going to say it first. I will pick <laughs> it. I know what you're picking, but go ahead. Okay. So for the sci-fi category... <sighs> <laughs> I knew it. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Golden Sun by Pierce Brown. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my goodness. Really thin. Really thin on sci-fi, boy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. But um, of the initial trilogy for the Red Rising trilogy, Golden Sun is my favorite. Um, it was just like you know the first book. It's got its weaknesses. Um, and it's more like people tend to say it's more YA and there's like Hunger Games um, aspects to it. But then the second book is just like it becomes its own thing. And there are so many twists and just backstabbing and the buildup and the uh, the cliffhanger at the end of yes. this book <sighs> just killed me. And I had to read the third one almost immediately. Oh, Panda. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, I agree. I think you, you said it well. I think he, I think he's, he has a big fan base and I like Pierce Barrow, but I do think he's kind of divisive just cause he's getting so popular. And I think, like you said, the first book is kind of, people say it's kind of like a uh, hunger games type of book. Right. The, the third book, uh, as me and Kitchen have said, is a, there's a twist that's terrible, a writing choice that's a total cop-out for an author. But that second book is real. I think it's really, really good. I think it's like his best book he's written, most complete so far, where he he keeps the plot moving. He knows how to put in these twists and turns that isn't, I'll just say it's not like Lacanius, for example, where it's just one after another <laughs> and is a detriment to the story. It actually enhances oh. the story. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I... I love this book. And like you said, the ending is fantastic. And, um, you know, ugh, great job, Panda. Yep. Really, it's just Kip Drew. Did, I know Kip's read this series. I don't know if Drew has. I have. I have not. Wow. Yeah, I, it, it is something that may end up getting covered on Inking Out Loud in the relatively near future. Uh, I've had a few different people kind of poke me about it. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, John, if, if anybody here or anybody listening has heard our star wars episodes john is always my guest for the stars episodes he loves Ooh. pierce brown so i was listening to yeah. that today 
Yeah. It's definitely Star Wars, I would say, was an influence on this series to an extent. I know it's oh, sci-fi, yeah. but it's kind of sci-fi fantasy, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think, Kip, you said okay. it leans more sci-fi, but I think there's definitely... It definitely leans more sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there are some elements that are a little fantasy-esque, but, I mean, it's got spaceships. It's it's, it's sci-fi the technology. <laughs> Sorry? It's sci-fi Roman legions. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And okay. the the sixth book, which, I mean, we're going to get a seventh book, but the sixth book is coming out next yeah, year. That, that worries me. <laughs> that announcement, I was like, oh. it reminded me of Brent Weeks all over again. I'm like, ah, this isn't good. <laughs> oh, this isn't no. good. <laughs> or Jim Butcher. Oh, man. I, I trust Pierce Brown. I, I will give him, you know. You know what? If Lycanius had been split up a bit more, I would have been happier. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Doubled, I would say. Um, yeah, I, just last, I think his, I think the Red Rising series is like um, a good popcorn fantasy, and I mean that as a compliment. I think that's what like popcorn entertainment fantasy can be, or sci-fi can be, and still be um, really entertaining. At least the first trilogy. <laughs> he's, yeah, I like the second trilogy, but I think he's stretching himself as an author, for good or more, for better and worse. I'm glad he's not doing the same thing, but. That, yeah, that first trilogy is really in his lane. All right, Kim. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I'm interested. I have no idea where you're going to get this. I had no backup for this one, so I'm very glad that I got to do it. Uh, for debut novel, Ooh. I am going with The Library at Mount Char. Oh. Scott Hall. <laughs> <Dang it. laughs> when I saw that book on the 2015 published list, I was like, Kip's going to pick that. <laughs> so it's funny i didn't have that for debut so that's good but i did have that as my top pick for fantasy oh, oh nice. nice that book is so good i'm not gonna have any picks to do all right kid what happened <laughs> why did you like it <laughs> why why did i like it yeah. because the protagonist is insane it's a lovely commentary on emotions and your roles in a family and uh rebelling against uh well your pick <laughs> you ever read this panda nope i'm the only one i think out of this group Ooh. i this i picked it for our green team october uh book of the month for a reason september yeah. september for our yes. september book of the month for a good reason sorry time is a flat circle <laughs> <laughs> Panda, I couldn't yeah, this, explain that book oh. to you if I wanted to. Oh, it's okay. I it's it is on my list to read. Yeah. It's a mystery, and it's uh, a weird mystery. Mysteries. So it's probably best if you don't say too much about it before you start reading it. But yeah, uh, it's one of the most messed up like families that I've seen in fiction <laughs> in a while, and it manages to do everything in a relatively short page count. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel attached to the characters, and I feel like they have lessons to teach. So, happy with this book. Dang. A, a disappointingly great pick. <laughs> <laughs> also, Wait, so... one, of the, one of the best, like, a, one of the most absurd action sequences that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I don't know which one you're I talking know, about, because there are several. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wait, so a, a point of clarification for yep. the rules. So it's basically if anybody picks that book for any of the categories, mm-hmm. you can't pick yep, it anymore. it's done. Yes, okay. off the table. Got it, got it. Uh, that's, I really got to stress for this. All right. 
for my pick, I will ask, and I'll let you guys decide on a rule. Are graphic novels allowed in these categories? Yes. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, no, I think I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, Panda. So for my sci-fi pick, I'm going to pick Saga Volume 5. <laughs> um, Fine. <laughs> sorry, Panda. Uh, I didn't read much sci-fi. I don't, I'm not a huge sci-fi reader. It was between this and, I'll just say, a very large science fiction series that uh, is ongoing. Or not ongoing anymore. So if you haven't read Saga, I'm not going to try to explain it. But it's essentially kind of like a Romeo <laughs> and Juliet uh, story who have a child and everyone is kind of after them and it's in space and there's crazy different creatures and assassins and it deals with a lot of things like politics and just family uh, I would be lying if I told you I remember what volume 5 was about but I I'm <laughs> sure, I can't remember which one volume 5 is but I assure you it either brought me to tears or one it made me want to punch uh <laughs> my fist through a wall and so i'm i'm actually not even a big graphic novel reader as we've you know panda and kip and i talk uh, talk about all the green team episodes because we cover saga uh and this actually like blew me away and it's the first series in volume that is ever compared to reading novels like give me that same feeling and experience to as reading novels and i mean that in the least pretentious way possible uh but but it really has and so i'd recommend it to anyone who just likes storytelling and, and just really great characters and relationships um, between characters. And if definitely if you like twists and turns and just um, and cliffhangers at the end of chapters, that's definitely the And the favorite. art. Oh, yes, thank you. And if we're talking artwork, it's uh, my favorite artwork. And I, for me, for novel, graphic novels and comics, which I don't read a lot, that's a big part for me. Because if there's artwork I don't really, I'm not attached to, uh, as I think Drew's talked about, kind of with White Sand, Sanderson stuff. I know you like White Sand, yeah. but sometimes uh, maybe the first volume, the art's not great. Um, yeah, like for me, a lot of my love of White Sand comes from the Rough Draft prose version. Uh, and I, I think the Omnibus version that's coming out uh, addresses some of my issues. Um, you would hope, because I was <laughs> involved in the... <laughs> direction that the omnibus uh, took but uh the artwork was never really like what did it for me uh there, and i think it's rightfully criticized yep um so that is my science fiction i put that in science fiction tab all right now i don't want to delay too much but i really got to be careful with what uh tab i want to do now all right. You could do Saga Volume 4. <laughs> well, I thought that was 2014. That's it's tough to find what years things were released. Um, all right, should I do? See, I also got to think of like what you guys will pick. And I think I know what you guys have read, but i also don't, not totally sure. So, um, all right. I think I, I'm going to do um, Debut Author. I don't think you guys picked this, but just to get Oh, no. <laughs> Is there one? I don't think so. I only Go have, ahead. No, there's no way you have this one. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Beyond Redemption by Michael R. Fletcher. Okay, cool. No, you're fine. <laughs> uh, he's a grimdark guy, right? Oh, yeah, buddy. He's, so he's, I would argue, the probably the most um, grim, darkest author 
there is in the genre. Well, I, I hate saying that because that's such a I hate that tab grimdark that term, but I think he's one of the most underread authors in grimdark and uh, just underappreciated, I guess. And Beyond Redemption is kind of about it's hard to explain, but a world where you can have your your um, personalities like someone has multiple personality disorder. That's like a magic power. So these type like someone who what's that thing where you curse a lot. Um, Tourette's. Tourette's. That's like a magical power. So, or just <clears throat> type like that. But in a grim, dark kind of Western world, and there's three, just a group of three people who just don't get along at all, and are just, uh, you know, not a good fit. One of them thinks he's the greatest swordsman in the world. Like he's his ego is so good that he actually is the greatest swordsman in the world because he. Thinks. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the magic system is very, very cool and inventive, um, and he's just. It's if you like Grimdark, if you like that Mark Lawrence, Abercrombie type of thing, he he fits in that mold. If you don't, he probably not for you. Uh, but for me, reading this author, I think I read it that year. I was like, who is this guy? I was like, I've never heard of him, and he he really puts out fantastic books. So I wanted to bring him up on this podcast. So in hope, you know, like Drew does on his podcast, that people hear about these authors and books and uh, hopefully try them out. So yeah, absolutely. I'm so curious to see what you guys were really wanted to do for debut author. I, definitely <laughs> I got mine. <laughs> That's right. Um, I'm I'm scared about Kiptan with debut author. I did it already. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. You did. <laughs> Panda's the one. Who I was I, sorry. I was thinking you went fantasy first. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, so who? So after me? Oh, so Kip, you are back up, right? It's me again. Yes. Me again. Ooh. Okay. I can save a bunch of mine because I know none of you read them. <laughs> Very good strategizing. I like where you had to. Okay. Under under fantasy, this might uh no, sorry, under female author, I'm gonna put this one. Under female author, I am going to put the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. Oh. I didn't nice. <laughs> that's like one of your favorites, Kip. Oh yeah uh absolutely one of my favorites the three-part storytelling through three different women as they go through this post-apocalyptic post-multi-apocalyptic seismic wasteland wilderness uh while dealing with this very the magic system is very much conveyed through feelings and impressions as the uh person is discovering new parts of it and i enjoy that in a magic system where like you along with the character are kind of like figuring stuff out about your abilities uh but a lot has been said about the fifth season a lot deserves to be said about the fifth season i don't think it's going to be a first time wreck for anybody listening to this podcast so i'll (laughs) i'll keep it pretty short but absolutely one of my favorite books of the last 10 years i mean it's got plenty of accolades (laughs) Didn't it win like the the Hugo three years in a row? Oh yeah, uh, and the Locus. That's one of those books that pulled me in and was like, oh okay, I'll read everything this author has written now. <laughs> yep. So I, I went through six Jemison books in a row. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> uh, it was a fun year. Fun year. <laughs> that's gonna be a fan favorite pick. We're gonna get some points there. All right, Panda, you're up next. Um, okay. So this next one, I, I'll be honest, I haven't actually read it, 
but it is definitely like once I'm done with Malazan, like the next fantasy series I want to tackle. Um, oh, I, if if this is the book I think it is, I'm gonna I might quit this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't think you'd pick it, it but <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I when I was looking through, I was like, well. Yeti will probably pick it, but... I forgot you wanted I'm to gonna... read it. <laughs> so for a debut, because technically this is his debut fantasy novel. Okay. It's The Grace of Kings. Ken Liu. I know it. Uh, By Ken Liu. I was going to say, he put out a short story collection before this, didn't he? Paper... Yes. Okay. The Paper Nadder. Yeah, but I this am is not technically... including short story like i my debut pick uh the one i'm planning (laughs) he had published a couple of short stories but never a a full length yeah okay debut novel counts i allow it that's it that's it it. and uh how dare you panda how dare you are you quitting this (laughs) podcast episode now no 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 i mean i'm just happy it's being brought up i just i would love it on my team i held off i was thinking because i was going to pick it like that i can say fantasy i mean no one's going to pick that then i forgot (laughs) You said you wanted to read it. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah. And it's done now. The series is done. It was supposed to be three books, but then he, you know, kept writing, and then it became four. <laughs> Funny how that happens. Yeah. Uh, and it was worth it. Uh, he's like, not to use a green team term, but he's on my Mount Rushmore, uh, and that series is for for uh, just ser- fantasy series. I love them. I want you to read them, Panda. Kip, I think, would love... Uh, definitely the second book more but i think it's it just goes into he's so good at writing about society and he bases it off real stuff obviously but and the way he writes it's i've said it before but it's it's kind of like an omnipresent point of view where he starts high above like talking about what's going on then he zooms back down into like a personal thing where he's in you're kind of in the character's head and then it'll like two paragraphs later it'll go back onto a higher talking about the world and stuff. It's very, it's, it's not easy to pull off what he does. And I don't think it's every for everyone like to read it, but it's very rewarding and you get used to it. And it's, um, I just never seen it pulled off like that. I think that could be really jarring jumping from in mid paragraph, like mm-hmm. after a few paragraphs, not even chapter to chapter. Uh, but um, you should read Malazan. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, I, but when I have the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm yeah I'm very excited for the Dandelion Dynasty once I'm able to get to it. I mean, it's just like I haven't read that many fantasy stories that are set in like Chine- Chinese yes. kind of culture, yep. and with like that kind of technology that he has invented for this world, which you know, quote unquote, silk punk. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. I think Kip would like it too because he says all the like the creations he makes, which are probably based on real things, but he does, at least he says so, he does the science to make sure that yes. that would be fairly feasible, where I think Kip would really appreciate that type of stuff how he does it. So it's it's great. True. have you read anything by Ken Liu yet? I have not. I, I've been, like, side-eyeing Dandelion Dynasty for years, <laughs> and I just never, never end up picking it up. It's a commitment. They're chunky books, so, I mean... I get it. Yeah, they are. So is Lycanius. <laughs> well, uh, they don't read don't like. Don't remind me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. There's a little, 
little more. I hope half this podcast is just dunking on my kids. <laughs> little snippets here and there. Ugh. All right. Well, Panda, that was a great pick. We're just coming out with the, the bangers here. So that was under debut, right? Correct. Yep. All right. So all three of you guys have done debut. We've done our debuts. Picks. Yeah. Yes. Nice. All right, I can yeah. save that for last. Smart and we pick it for sci-fi or something. Oh, ooh, actually, there is a possibility it could get crossover into another category. Uh, although I have back-to-back picks oh, here, yeah. so let me you let me do. think about this for a moment here. I think I think for my second pick, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with the only science fiction book published in 2015 that I have both read and liked. Uh, oh, uh, no, Illumine. Oh, by uh, nice. uh, and Amy Kaufman, which is yeah, it's a uh, it's a really cool you know structure. It's a uh, like multimedia basically. Um, the the way the words are put on the page is art in and of itself. You get all sorts of crazy designs. The story is told through text messages and emails and transmissions and things like that. There's an awesome kind of horror element to it. Uh, you know, just a, a really nice YA story. And uh, yeah, that was the the only sci-fi book I read that year that I enjoyed. <laughs> I had a few DNFs in there. With Armada, one of got... them? <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's Ernest Klein, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the only thing I've read by him was Ready Player One, and mm. I will never read another thing by him again. <laughs> I read Armada. I read Armada. So did I. Let me put it this way. It's worse than Ready Player One. <laughs> That's yep. Yep. Yes. It literally it has... has, like, a Star Wars timeline it's in the so book. Bad. It's so bad. What's worse Oof. is it's so bad, and I gave it three stars on Goodread when I look back. I I actually just got my copy of Illuminae back from one of my friends. Uh, He he gave me back Illuminae and Gemini, and he's waiting for Obsidio. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Did you like that book, Kip? Okay. I really enjoyed it. I had a blast reading Illuminae. It started to get a little bit repetitive, Mm -hmm. but I still think it's excellent especially for anyone who's in like the early teens early to late yeah yeah Yeah. did any of you it's just a really solid YA book did any of you do the audiobooks or just i i dove into the audiobooks just so i could hear the song that's in the second book oh my gosh (laughs) rob played played it for me it's it is something (laughs) (laughs) i i could see it on tiktok I could see that song on TikTok. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay, well, so that was my second pick. And my third pick, you know, I... Uh, just because I think there is an outside chance and I have more options for other things, I'm going to go with my debut as well. And I am picking The Sorcerer of the Wild Deeps by Kai. No! <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling. That's why I said I was worried about Kip's debut, and then he's like, oh, I already did my debut, and then I realized this could also be under 300 pages. That's what it was going to be! Yeah. This this book is... Uh, 
some of the most incredible prose. Just beauty. Beauty on the page. Uh, Kaya Shante Wilson is the only writer I've read that I would put in the same tier of, like, prose mastery as Gene Wolfe. Wow. Like, he is just unbelievable with it. And and even beyond the prose, the the character relationships and character dynamics are really powerfully emotional. It plays very well in the setting. Like, it's, it's really something. The juxtaposition of the dialogue versus the internal monologue versus... Mm-hmm. Uh, like body language is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you repeat the name of the book or story? The Sorcerer of the Wild Deeps. Okay. Uh, it's another tour dot com. Uh, they they really started strong over there. Yeah. <laughs> with the builders and Sorcerer of the Wild Deeps. <laughs> I see. Okay, I'm gonna add it to my list. Oh no. <laughs> To read. <laughs> yeah, no, but my list is screwed now. Kip's <laughs> <laughs> frantically checking Goodreads, re- reading a short story. How long is this? <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> All right, Panda, your third pick. Yeah. I think I'm pretty safe from here on out because I don't think I would have picked anything any of you guys would pick. Um,. So I'll just go with a uh, female author. And in in this pick, it's not somebody I've read, but I do have to acknowledge just what a presence she is in particularly the more YA fantasy world. Um, and she's more recently like foraged into um, adult fantasy. Mm. But this is Sarah J. Mass, and I've never read anything by her, Um, but her name comes up so often. Like, if you're just in the fantasy book world, you're going to have heard of her name. And if you look on, like, Publishers Weekly's, like, top 10 bestsellers or whatever, so many of her books are there. So that's why I pick her. Were you going to pick a book or just her? Well, she had two books that came out in 2015, and one of them was, like, Queen Queen of Shadows, which is, like, her Throne of Glass series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, book, I don't know, seven, eight, whatever. All right. And then there's a second book called A Court of Thrones and Roses. And if I were to pick between those two, I would pick that one because that one's more, um, like, standalone. It's a retelling of Beauty and the Beast, I think. Um and many people read it and love it, and it's a bit spicy, apparently. Ooh. So <laughs> It gets spicier, I've heard. Oh, yes. <laughs> and that book has been recommended to me by other people. They're like, just go read it. I'm like, eh, well, maybe. <laughs> I do like, like retellings. But... Did they like have to put a, uh, like explicit content warning on some of the later <laughs> books in some countries? Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She, that's <laughs> she's like an author and like i hate doing this but like ones that you hear about so much they're so popular that like out of spite you're like meh i don't need to read it it's too you know well i don't think you would like her books i don't think you're the yeah. target audience <laughs> i like spicy what, what? <laughs> well, okay sure but um 
I mean, Huron read one of her books, and he was like, oh my goodness. And it's <laughs> definitely not a Huron book. She is not a Huron author. No, definitely not. It's funny, she is, like, definitely popular, because I remember in the Legendarium Discord, there's been, like, two or three times where people write her books, but they just use, like, the, um, like, shorten it, like, M-O-M. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, it's like, no, it's that book. It's like, like she's that big. Good pick, good pick. You'll definitely get fan points for that in our imaginary contest. (laughs) Uh, all right, who's up next? Oh, Kip, third pick. Kip Tan. Cool. I'm going to pick... <laughs> Leaving us double check, double checking the, the, the page count here. <laughs> <Edge of> okay, <laughs> 276 pages on the hardcover. <laughs> this is The Shepherd's Crown by Terry Pratchett. Oh, nice. Discworld nice. number 41. Oh, uh, that's the We Free Men book, right? This is uh, Tiffany Aching. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Great job. Yep. It is, is that... I think the it's the very last yeah. Discworld okay. book mm-hmm. ever published. It is the conclusion oh, to wow. the series. It is also the conclusion to Tiffany Aiken's little YA series. Oh, wow. And it's Terry Pratchett saying goodbye. Was that released after he died or right before? Uh, It was released, I think, right before he died. Uh, It has an afterword by uh, Rob Wilkins. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I remember it coming out right around, you know, the time he died, so. Yep. It's it's not my favorite Discworld novel. There are so many to choose from that it has some very stiff competition, but I do think it is a great book and a lovely conclusion. There you go. A really nice. a really like heartwarming conclusion, which is really what Discworld has always been about. So I'm happy with that. Nice pick. Yeah. I've only read Tiffany Aching for Pratchett. I loved it. Oh. But, okay. Um, well that's that's true. What's the one he he wrote with Neil Gaiman? I didn't like that, but I read that. Good, Good omens. Yeah. It's fine. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're obviously on the opposite game spectrum. <laughs> All right. Great pick. All right. Uh, oh, it's me. Oh, I was. Oh, boy. This isn't good. You twice. Uh, I hate this. I don't know why I offered to do this thing. All right. Just too much stress. Um, I guess I should do female author. Uh, I've got a lot of choices. See, the, the thing is, too, with 2015, I read a lot of these books when they came out. So my memory of what actually happened to these books is pretty bad. Because from there. So just to talk about. Um, all right. I'll say this book because I don't know if anyone's read it. I would like there's one big one this year that I think is pretty popular. Um, there's a nice, cool fairy tale-ish cover. But I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to pick Last Song Before <laughs> Night by Alana C. Meyer. Anyone heard of that? Uh-huh. No. Good. Uh, so this is, I, 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 she wrote this book in 2015. I don't think a sequel came out until years later, which I was happy it was, but I've only read this one. And it's essentially about um, in a world where poets and musicians used to have immense powers. Like it was a magical power, so to speak, if you were a poet 
for music. And there was a big event, kind of a war that erased everything. So now poetry and music is just what it is now. It's just words and on paper and things like that. And it's essentially kind of uh, a quest to bring that world back, I guess, my terrible recap of that book. Um, but her writing blew me away i don't i don't always love flowery prose um but it but sometimes you read a book where you don't really care where the story's going you just enjoy their reading and if the story's good it's a bonus and that's how i felt with this one i thought the magic was really cool uh the characters you know they're fine i'm not gonna say that's hob or you know any of our favorites here but um but i just think she has a really beautiful way uh, of putting sentences together to be quite honest with you and sometimes if you're in the mood it's definitely a mood read uh i think it will work for a lot of people and again it's one that's the cover is beautiful which i know doesn't matter for (laughs) reading books but uh (laughs) for me i always like to point that out it's like probably the top and we're going to do this again but a cover for lacanius is probably the top three thing about it and uh that's neither a compliment or a a diss but so (laughs) Yeah, so I would suggest anyone read this book. Um, it's a brisk read. It's probably mid-300s in the hardback, um, but you can run through it, and it's just it's just different. In a genre that can sometimes get repetitive, I thought this was an interesting take. And, uh, you know, poetry and music can't go wrong there. So, What was the name of the book again? Last Song Before Night. In which category did you put this in? Uh, female Author. Okay. So... Uh, Fortnite, and I got one more, or one more, three categories. So the way I'm looking at wild card, I think we can all leave that to last. There's no rush to get that. Well, that's not true. Someone could use what I want. Um, under 300. That really screwed me. Drew really just <laughs> took, took the legs. I screwed two of you. <laughs> that really took the legs out. All right, I'm gonna do. All right, I got it. So. I'm going to do uh, under 300 pages. I don't think this book is awesome, so that's a great start to this. Um, but it's called <laughs> it's called The Shootout Solution by Michael R. Underwood, and it's part of the Genrenauts series. And I believe it's also a Tor.com novella. I'm not totally sure. But the idea of this, it has a very cool concept, and that is probably the best praise about it, but it is enjoyable. They're short. It's genre-nauts. So they're astronauts that hop into different genres of books to solve problems. Uh-huh. In world. <laughs> 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 it just sounded like he got punched in the stomach. And uh, So each book is like, the first one I think is kind of like a Western take. So these genre astronauts jump into a Western story to fix some sort of problem in their, their world. That's what they're paid to do. The se- One of them is like a mystery. The second book is like a mystery book. So I definitely got tired at like the second one and I was all set, but uh, if you're looking for something short and sweet and just if that concept of, is interesting to you and um, it's not the builders. I was really banking on the builders here. That definitely should be the history of the first bit, such as life. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So we're back to Kiptain. Oh, yeah. Back to me. Okay. Gotta get things before Drew does. Uh, <laughs> Name of the game. Okay, I'm gonna pick my fantasy pick. And it's going to be City of Blades by Robert Jackson oh, Bennett. I forgot the book. That was 2016. Oh, that's it was 2016? That was 2016. Oh, no! 
Trust me, I looked it up, and I was so angry. It was January 2016. <laughs> the technicality. Yep, January 2016. Okay, that's gone. That's yeah. deleted. That book. Yeah. That book is so freaking good, though. <laughs> that was, really good. I was just gonna really say, how book. did I not put that on my list? I was. Like, What's yeah, <laughs> yeah. so Okay. Okay. Uh, Full Fathom <laughs> Five by Max Gladstone, book Ooh, three of right. the Craft Sequence follows uh the adventures of a a false god building investment banker as <laughs> she navigates her island's unique form of financial tourism uh <laughs> in the institution that she chose primarily because it was going to allow her to reform her own body into the shape that matched her souls whoa <laughs> Man, I I need to read the craft sequence so bad. I started the first book years ago, and I don't even remember what sidetracked me now. But I never went back to it. I own all of them. <laughs> I just need to go back and and actually read them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the third book in the craft sequence, but it is the first book featuring Kai or the Island of Kavikana, which is this weird little uh, haven for offshore money. But because money is pieces of souls in this universe, uh, it's a haven for religious idols, which take in currency, faith, and rituals and provide services in return, but without that pesky sentience or the demands that gods usually come with. No, these are are, uh, custom-made-to-order gods. Sorry. Idols. We don't use the G word on Kavekana. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, provide a range of services for whatever your client needs. And there's a mystery plot that goes down, and maybe offshore financial bankers in Souls aren't <laughs> the most ethical of people all the time. Maybe oh, there's really? some shady dealings. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> Uh, you're killing me. I, I it's a wild book. I, I just you just like re reinvigorated my need to read that. Like everything I've heard about that series and everything I remember from reading the first half yeah. of uh Three Parts Dead was like the concepts are incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's a true yeah. series for sure. That's like let me feel confident I, I originally thought that Last First Snow was in twenty fifteen, but no, it's in twenty sixteen. And that's the one that deals with gentrification uh and human sacrifice <laughs> oh. oh my gosh <laughs> oh i yeah, have this, the first I, book i may need to make this a 2023 inking out loud do it <laughs> kip what's your quick ranking of those books oh god i can't okay. i can't other than the <laughs> ruin of angels number six is about uh repatriating art from a parallel dimension that got sealed <laughs> off when uh, colonialism happened. The, 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 the colonialists literally locked away the old city in an alternate dimension and forbid people from going to it and like re- having their culture and their like familial libraries and oh nope, goodness. everything's a grid now. <laughs> the imagination of gladstone yeah, is so great and i didn't amazing. even mention that that one has a space program in it 
Or that the colonialists oh, were uh, squid people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Good lord. All right, Panda. So... <laughs> um, I don't know how to follow up with that. You all. Um, oh, and it's all about getting her ex back or dealing with closure about her ex. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to go like completely on the other end of the spectrum. And um, for my under 300 pages, since somebody took Saga. <clears throat> <laughs> Had to do it. Um, <laughs> it's this book. It's a children's book, a graphic novel called Little Robot by Ben Hatke. I'm probably saying his last name wrong. Um, but he wrote and illustrated the book. And the summary of this book is basically like there's this five, five-year-old five little girl who just happens to find this little robot and she somehow activates it and, you know, a friendship forms. It's really, really cute. Um, and the art is also really cute. And then um, the the little robot came from this other like robot society and then these bigger robots want to get this little robot back for whatever they want to use him for. And so they basically have to escape these big, nasty robots. Um, So it's very cute. Highly recommend. And if you are on Instagram, you should also follow the creator on Instagram because he shares a lot of his his content there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Never heard of it. We'll check it out. I won't read it in public because it's a children's book and I will be judged. But I will. <laughs> Who will judge you? Uh, Nobody will judge you. It's fine. <laughs> I will. All right. Uh, I mean, better to read Little Robot in public than Saga. Okay. <laughs> as we discussed. True. Definitely true. true. I wouldn't be judged. I'd be arrested if I read that in public. <laughs> you never know when Saga is going to hit you with the uh, NC-17. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. That's not at all. All right, Drew, you got double picks. See, and now this is really tough because I was kind of counting on you guys picking some of my options for these and making it an easier <laughs> choice. I have three really good options for female author here, but I think think i think i'm gonna go with uprooted by naomi that was the one i was talking about yeah great book yeah another yeah fairy tale retelling um again i think gorgeous prose uh there there's definitely some weirdness in this book Mm. uh (laughs) there there's a little bit of controversy around it which i I think just adds to the the flavor um (laughs) But I really enjoyed the read. It was my first experience with Naomi Novik, and I was quite impressed. So I'm going for Uprooted for Female Author. Nice. I think... And... Wait, did you oh. guys do an episode on Inking Out Loud for it? No. The no. Not Ladies yet. of Legendarium did. The Ladies of Legendarium. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. It is on our list, uh, but I need to get Lauren to read it. She read Spinning Silver and loved that. But she hasn't mm. read Uprooted yet, so I'm in that boat. I've read Ooh, Spinning Silver Spinning and really Silver enjoyed fan. it, but I haven't read Uprooted yet. Okay. I did read Uprooted, but it, I didn't like it. I was so surprised I didn't like it because it's something that is totally up my alley. But I think it's the the way that she writes in that book, the sentence structure, it the rhythm of it didn't match 
because mm. I like read in my brain, you know, sound out the words, right. and didn't match. So, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't like it. Yeah, fascinating. I've definitely heard people. Yeah. I have seen or heard people say they loved one book and not the other. Like they really like Spinning Silver, but weren't a fan of Uprooted, and vice versa. So I haven't read Spinning Silver, but I'm kind of curious Me why that is. You know, I, I would assume they're kind mm-hmm. of the same. Struct- maybe not structurally, but they're both fairy tale like retellings. I yeah. like Ice Kings. <laughs> <laughs> because you are one. <laughs> <laughs> game recognizes game uh-huh. <laughs> no but that is a good choice because um yeah. i know a lot of people who've read it and really really like it yeah yeah that was definitely one of the big 2015 releases mm-hmm. yep so you have fantasy and wild i gotta imagine there's a certain author that's gonna pop up here <laughs> i'd be shocked if you didn't take this author this whole time <laughs> I, I have a feeling I know which author it is, and, and I'm, like, torn between two here. And, yeah. Like, there's the obvious one, and I'm kind of leaning toward the less obvious one. Of that author? So for fantasy, no. Oh. For fantasy, I'm going to go with The House of Shattered Wings by Aliette de Badar. Oh. Ooh. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Uh, it is a really cool, like, gothic urban fantasy in a like post-war ruined Paris Mm. with all sorts of fantastical elements, dragons, demons, angels, fallen angels. Um, It's a, it's just a great vibe. I really like the tone of this trilogy in general. And, and this was the, uh, the first book in the trilogy. So. Yeah. I love vibe reads like that. Yeah. It has a really, like, pretty cover. Yes, it does. That's an author I've been. That was to get what. To. Uh, that was what first attracted me. You know, I I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw it on the new releases and I was like, wow, that is a great cover. Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh, so that's yeah. that is my fantasy pick. I feel like that. I is... did not pick the uh, the obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is up my alley so Ooh. thank you panda just added and as far as the obvious author <laughs> pick i'm pretty sure i was going to pick the less obvious choice from that author. yeah that's what i was gonna say because i also out of those two i would have picked the less obvious one in that one yeah anyway. yeah uh, something something sanderson the ryan names was Anderson. Uh, <laughs> all right panda you're up. Oh, it's me. Okay. Um, mm. You also have fantasy and wild I don't know what to pick for fantasy because I've I've got a few options. Because I picked the best. <laughs> 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 um. Okay. I'll pick something that's more like personal to me. Yeah, of course. But then I'll also mention something that's just like weird. Okay, so um, I will pick A Vision in Silver by Anne Bishop for fantasy, and it's also urban fantasy. It's like the third? No. It's... What what book is this? It is not the first in the series. The first in the series is called uh, Written in Red. And it's basically like um, humans and 
elementals and like these others are very ancient um, fantasy beings. It's the third one in the others series um, are basically like they're like coexisting, but there's a lot of tension and humans are kind of taking over, like trying to take over the world um, and the others are like way more powerful than them. Uh, and there's this like power struggle going on because the humans are like, no, we can take them on. And the others are like, well, it gets really bloody. Um, but yeah, I really like the characters. I really like it's like a cozy kind of read, hmm. even though you might not expect it. Um, and I just really like the world that Anne Bishop created for the series. So I'm going to pick that. And then the really weird <laughs> one that I read it's this book called Under Major Domo oh, Minor yeah. Patrick. by Patrick DeWitt. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'll be honest with you. When I read it, I'm like, this is a fantasy. It's like, yeah, it's, it's weird so weird. Yeah. And then there's a particular scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's been a while, but it's, yeah. And it was audiobooks. So I don't remember much, but I remember it being okay. weird. <laughs> so it's like, you know, normal kind of like, folktale-esque beats and then all of a sudden the scene hits and you're like what the hell is happening and then you and then he just like brushes by like you see the scene you read it and then it just moves on with the rest of the story so if you want a surprise go read that book there you go <laughs> yeah he i think he wrote the sisters brothers which is like a cool little yes. western book that i really liked um and then I read that and I said, I don't know what I'm reading right now. <laughs> I was like, yes. It's confusing. Yeah, that, that's a good word for it, confusing. It's definitely off the, off the beat Very path. weird. All right, good pick. Kip, you have sci-fi and wildcard. We all have wildcard. Cool. Huh. You must have like 20 sci-fi options right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch. Uh... <laughs> Oof. Okay, I'm going to go with the one that was actually my favorite sci-fi, and I will leave gamesmanship on the table for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite sci-fi of that year was Aurora by Kim Stanley Robinson, nice. which is a tale of a generation ship, and specifically the people on that generation ship, and one in particular. And one of the reasons I love it is because it shows what actually happens in a tiny pool of human genetics. Oh, boy. And it shows what actually happens when you send a ship point blank with very little initial probing to an exoplanet light years away. <laughs> and All it shows right. what happens when you seal up a can full of resources and say, yeah, that ought to work for a couple centuries. <laughs> oh my gosh and uh all, all those things combined and it makes it my favorite generation ship story that i've ever read because uh kim stanley robinson really does his research and even if it's even if it's just on a like high level concepts uh level he infuses that with really introspective characters which make the character level work and then it also makes the larger 
uh, situations and like planetary civilization choices that they're making work as well because you believe the politics you believe that these societies would work this way you believe that this is what these are the decisions that this crew would make and specifically the protagonist would make i'm i'm super interested in this just (laughs) Uh, pitch yep it's it's it is a bit of a slower story like a lot of ksr stuff is it's it's uh I'm not going to call it ponderous, though I can see people saying that, but I, I would call it measured and deliberative, okay. and I enjoy that. Would you uh, would you say Robinson has like a good hit ratio with his books that they're always for for, for me? Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, because he puts out yeah. a lot, right? He puts out quite a few. Yeah. Uh, and they're often not super related to one another, or if they are, there's a, a big time gap. Um, he's r- rarely done a trilogy or more. So, where would you recommend people start oh, with him? Red Mars. Okay. That's got to be the most popular yeah, one. <laughs> uh, some people say like the ears of rice and salt, but I, I say Red Mars. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good pick. I am the, so it's up to my turn, and I'm going to finish my board. And I will say, if we take this to like a Twitter vote, I am going to get crucified by looking at the books I have right now. I have no chance. <laughs> easy fourth place. True uh, and Panda oh. just destroyed took so many picks. I, ha- <laughs> I have to mention <laughs> one more board. thing. Yes, I read Aurora and Seven Eves right after each other. Oh, whoa. Oof. And that was a comparison in realism. That's all I'm going to say there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Go on, Yeti. Uh, thank you. All right. So I should... I mean, the smart choice would be to to take a very popular author, such as Mr. Sanderson, uh, and just try to get some <laughs> get his rabid fan base to pity vote me. Um... I do like Firefight. I'm hard on Sanderson sometimes, but I do really like that book. Um, I hate the main character, and I hate his metaphor trick thing he does all the time, but I do like that book. Uh, but Megan is so good in that yes, book. Yes, yes. That's the thing. For that book, the other characters... Were, and the city. I, I thought Sanderson's world building was really good in that, but I'm not yeah. going to pick that. I, all right. Since Panda took Race of Kings, which was I was really banking on, I will just... Um, I'll just have to shamelessly plug my favorite author again, which I'm, I did, I don't mind doing, but I thought I'd switch up. So I'm going to pick Half the World by Joe Abercrombie. And yeah. uh, if you don't know the series, this was his foray into YA. YA. Uh, it was more a marketing gimmick uh, than anything. I think this is just the same Abercrombie, just a little toned down. It's like Diet Coke version Abercrombie. But it's still his bread and butter. This focuses more on, if you read the first Law Trilogy, uh, they have like kind of two sections, the Northerners and the Southerners. And this is very much a Northerner type story. So if you like those characters, it's kind of like a Norseman Viking type society. And it's pretty much what you get from him. Um, Characters that are pretty gray. Um, You know, there's backstabbing and cool duels. And I don't know, everything I love about him particularly characters and in the second book i think it's one of his i think i think this is the second book's 
my second favorite book of his, including adult, whatever adult Abercrombie is. That's kind of an uncommon opinion. But I think the way he, in the first book, he focuses on one character. And then the second book, he changes the POV to be a different character's point of view. And that character that was in the first book is now kind of, not a side character, but you're not in their head anymore. And the way, and he switched to just a more interesting uh, female character to lead in this kind of male-dominated world, even though she can fight just as good as all of them. And it was a great choice by him. And, um, you know, I just, I just think he writes the best characters. I know that's not well received in this panel right here uh but for me this this series was like kind of like crack the third book isn't as good you didn't really nail the landing but if we're talking book twos uh you know i, I put it over golden sun so in your face panda oh uh, really Ooh. yeah for me yeah but i'm also i haven't read any abercrombie so i i didn't choose him yeah well how dare you? And uh, this would be a good starting point. So. <laughs> no. I have that yeah, I series. Read. I just haven't no, gotten to it's it. Fine. No. So I read half a king. I did not continue on. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I liked it, but it's. I think a lot, that problem with that book is the character he chose to be used as the POV. I think he worked mm. a lot better in the second book when he's kind of the side character. He kind of. Okay. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I found Half a King painfully obvious. Yes. I'll put, yes. There's like one like twist that you like can see coming if you've read fantasy, especially Abercrombie, but just fantasy in general. You're like, yeah, we know who that is. <laughs> like, or what's going to yeah, yeah. We know what that character's going to do. It's very Abercrombie. It's like, I guess it would be comfort food if you're an Abercrombie fan. But, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so I picked that, and so I have wild cards. So this can go anywhere. We can go any genre. I'm very curious. Yeah. Um, I mean, 2015 was like it was a big year. Big year. Yeah. So big. Like we got. I mean, in the other genres, we got like Gray from El James. No. <laughs> I can't. Even, I can't even believe that. Like my last pick hasn't come up yet. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guarantee you. I'll, I'll be surprised if anybody has read my last pick. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. I'm tempted to just like, for, just giggles and you know what's to pick the Blood Mirror by Brent Weeks. Um, probably <laughs> my most loathed book of all time. Uh, but oh wow, oh, no. yeah, I have major problems with Kip's storyline in that too. Um, <laughs> very much. So, it's one of those. I don't want to go on about it, but it's one of those things, and I hate to do this, where it like made me judge the author. <laughs> and I, and it's like a, it's, oh, wow. it's like one of the things you like never want to do when reading. You sh- as a reader, I shouldn't, but it was hard not to. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I'll just pick horror. I'll pick horror because yeah, I love the horror genre, and I'll pick by Paul Tremblay. It's called A Head Full of Ghosts. Uh, and if you've ever heard of this book, he's this author's kind of gotten pretty big in the horror genre since this. This is his debut book. Um, he just there was just a trailer for a movie with uh, Dave Bautista called like Knock at the Cabin Door or something, and that's based on a book he's written. And this book is about a family whose uh, daughter, young daughter, like middle school, is diagnosed with like acute schizophrenia. She's acting very strangely and they don't know what to do medical bills are 
uh, rising. They keep taking their doctors, and they take her to a priest. And the priest says, you know, that, like your daughter is um, possessed, you know, demonically. Like you need to have an exorcism. And the family's like, okay, we don't know what else to do. And he's like, I'll put you in touch with these producers. They actually want to film your daughter be have an exorcism. So it's really the real world meets the exorcist. And it kind of jumps into morals of doing something like, you know, reality TV and doing something, putting your daughter in that place and making money off of it, where they say it's for medical bills and things. But, uh, and it's, you know, I, if you like horror, it's, it's definitely an interesting read and um, entertaining, morally ambiguous and a great ending. But um, I don't know if your stomach could handle a panda. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) So it was either that or um, the Mad Men book that recaps all seven seasons, but I don't think anyone here wanted to hear me talk about Mad Men. <laughs> so, so, so I'll pick that. And uh, Kip, it's back to you for your final pick. Cool. Uh, are we going to do like honorable mentions at the end? Yep. Yep. You cool. Yep. Awesome. So my wild card pick, I'm going to be going back into the harder sci-fi, and I'm going to pick The Dark Forest by Liu Cixin, Nice. which is the uh, continuation of the three-body problem. It's the middle book in that trilogy. And not translated by Ken Liu. No, it's not. Translated by... Docking uh, points. Post and Joel Martinson. Oh, translated by like at least three people. Okay. Oh wow! It takes three people to do what one Ken Liu does. I see what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> it's it. It would be a major spoiler for the first book to talk about anything that happens in this book. Mm. But I will say that the uh, astrophysics of this book are actually fairly accurate. Oh. Okay. And that oh. is uh that that's not a given in something that extrapolates this far ahead but but i will say like there was an attempt made to make the thought experiments in this book applicable to real life science oh nice and and, like you could take several pieces of technology not all of them but several pieces of technology out of this book and directly put them into real life effect and they would work so that's fun okay might take a lot of money, but they would work. <laughs> well, if you're the Chinese government. Uh, no, no, no. You got to be a world government at that point. You got <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. to be a planetary civilization to do some of these things. Wow. All right, Panda. Last pick. Okay. I'm going to pick something that I would be very surprised. Well, actually, Yeti, you may have read this one, Ooh. but I don't think Kip and Drew would have. Um, what is this genre? Memoir. Humor. Humor memoir. Um, it's called Furiously Happy, a funny book about horrible things by Jenny Lawson. And this is her, like, I think second or third book. And basically she, um, she runs this blog and she has all sorts of different, like, illnesses, like, physical, mental, all the um, different kinds. And she's very open about her own experiences and like what's going through her head and her family life. And she runs this blog and um, she will just write these stories about her life. 
Um, and they are, they are so funny. It sounds really bad. Like laughing about her experiences dealing with anxiety, dealing with all these like tough issues, but she is so good about bringing perspective and just like, she makes it very enjoyable to read while you're also getting a glimpse into what life is like for somebody like that. So um, if you Google the cover, there is a giant raccoon on the cover and it is like her own taxidermy raccoon that she found. (laughs) And she has a story in there about how she'll like basically reenact and like act out stories with this raccoon. Um, anyway, I highly recommend if um, you need something a bit lighthearted. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I was just going to say, all I remember is that cover. It's like a sprawled out raccoon. <laughs> and I was like too scared to even touch it. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> That's good. Have some laughs. Yeah. <laughs> all right, great. Um, oh, that's so true. You just have one pick left, your wild card. The yeah. The floor is yours. So this is a book that I never hear anything about uh it is the vore by oh my goodness (laughs) who's it by have you read it brian catling i've never heard it yeah i know somebody who's read it and it's just like what the (laughs) heck is this book (laughs) it is crazy uh it the vore is this like inscrutable like mythological jungle and it it, there's i I, this book almost defies explanation (laughs) it is so crazy that's Um, a weird cover how do you spell it the v-o-r-r-h um and this is actually one that i've been seriously thinking about rereading because i read it when it came out and i'm not sure i was ready to read it (laughs) It, Um, it, it's a debut uh it it is it is quite a book uh but i the reason it's been kind of on my mind lately is that the author just recently like last week passed away oh Um, so yeah it's like if you're ever you know, bored some weekend and want to read something totally out there, uh, this might be the cup of tea for you. This I mean, sounds I'll... almost like a, Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. Right. I, I, so it's funny, I've never actually read any Vandermeer um, other than his introduction to the Dread Empire books by Glenn Cook. So I am seeing <laughs> that The Vore was first published in 2012. <laughs> what? No. It is what Goodreads says. I didn't want to raid on your parade. <laughs> but I think, like, it it may have gone out of print, and then it came back in 2015. So? Oh, no. Yeah, because I definitely read it in 2015 when it was like, oh my gosh, it's the same publication date, November 2012. Well, I've also never seen this cover of it. It's an interesting cover. Risque. Yeah, okay, it was... <laughs> It was republished in 2015. Yeah. I think we... Oh, man. Okay. I said that doesn't I think count. That I just counts. went on that long uh, thing. I but... think that counts. <laughs> I don't think that counts. Otherwise, I what? could put the no, Martian in here it when it was well, republished. Okay. <laughs> because technically, yeah. Saga, like every issue of Saga would have been pu- published before. 
It, that it that's transformative though. You keep oh, they put in the volume. You keep, <laughs> you keep the saga pick out of your mouth. <laughs> Leave him out of this. Well, in that case, yeah, Drew gets a double dip. What do I want to do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I'm just going to go with Firefight then. Yeah. By Brandon Sanderson. Great. You're definitely going to win this draft. Okay. Not perfect. I <laughs> I think the four counts. No. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm like super bummed about this. I didn't even look it up because I remembered it so vividly. Where I was like, I know it was like a new release. You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically, well, it was a new release. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Talk about how good Firefight was. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Firefight is a very different kind of book. Why <laughs> <laughs> a fantasy? Nowhere near as graphic as the four. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like Yeti was saying that while the main character in the Reckoners by Brandon Sanderson is not the best, Firefight is, in my opinion, by far the best book in the trilogy. On the strength of its side characters, uh, there's some really really good twists at the end. And yeah, the kind of the most major side character, Megan, is one of my favorite characters Brandon has ever written. And this book is a big part of why. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I'm like weirdly crushed that the book <laughs> was not 2015. <laughs> I mean, it has a new uh, cover. It, it basically got a rebirth. So, so cool, I can talk yeah, about the so Martian. Yeah, so the cover that I know is just like the white cover with the yeah. faces of the moon on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not getting by Kip. He's a stickler, if anything. That'll be, that'll be my honorable mention. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we'll just, um, let's go, I'll read our picks real quick, just to recap and butcher all the names, because I can't pronounce them. So, Drew. In fantasy, Drew picked House of Shattered Wings. In sci-fi, he picked Illuminae. Under 300 pages, The Builders. <laughs> Debut, uh, The Sorcerer of Wildeeps. Did I say that right? Of the Wild, wild Eeps. Thank you. Female author, Uprooted, and Wild Card, uh, his second pick, Firefight. <laughs> Panda, for fantasy, picked A Vision in Silver, Sci-Fi, Golden Sun. Under 300, Little Robot. Debut, Grace of Kings. <laughs> Female author, Court of Throne and Roses, <laughs> and Wildcard Furiously Happy. Kip was very confident with his picks. He picked in fantasy Full Fathom 5, Sci-Fi Aurora, Under 300, The Shepherd's Crown, Debut, Library at Mount Char, uh, uh, female author, The Fifth <laughs> Season, Wildcard Dark Forest, and for me, I picked fantasy Half the World, Sci-Fi, Saga Volume 5, ooh, under 300, Shootout Solution, Debut, Beyond Redemption, Female Hother, Last Song Before Night, and Wildcard, Head Full of Ghosts. And I think we should put up, I'll like try to work with Panda, we can put up like a little poll on Twitter maybe, mm-hmm. and I can put like a screenshot sure. of our picks. Um, but yeah, so let's quickly go, any honorable mentions you just wanted to bring up? Kip, we can start with you. Uh, Seven Eves would have been on here if it wasn't for the last third of the book. Mm. <laughs> uh nemesis games which is yes. book five of the expanse which has my favorite domestic abuse villain uh ancillary mercy which is the conclusion mm. to the imperial ratch trilogy 
Uh, I thought it was a fun conclusion, but I do think that the trilogy as a whole went on for a little bit too long. Hmm. And Binti, oh, which Binti. was a lovely short little piece of work. Oh, and and Gentleman Joel and the Red Queen, which is the last book of the Vorkosigan saga, or at least the last current one. If Panda would have taken Saga, I would have had to take Nemesis Games. That was my fallback. <laughs> Gentleman Joel was was lovely, but it was not. <laughs> It, it, it's a it's a different book than what I was celebrating <laughs> today. Oh, sounds like a Regency romance novel or something. It is a romance novel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Panda, did you have any honorable mentions or leftover? Uh, Trigger Warning by Neil Gaiman, which was his oh. newest mm-hmm. collection of short stories and stuff. Um, and I think that'll be it because. I did read a lot of things that I wasn't too keen on. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a bit hard to choose. Oh, yeah. Those are my last last resorts. Drew, uh, <laughs> did you have any honorable mentions? I'm going to protest in solidarity with the poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I had... Um, <laughs> Yeah, the, like I said, the ones that were terrible that I wanted to draft Armada by Ernest Klein, Blood Mirror Brett Weeks. Um, <laughs> did I, uh, Court of Fives by Kate Elliott. It's like a young, a day, young adult, which is kind of fine, like kind of a gladiator type thing. Uh, a Crown for Cold Silver by Alex Marshall. I know uh, J- Yasna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, fun. Legendarium Discord like lives for that series. I think it's okay. It's, I don't. Yeah. I don't love it, but um, it's it's worth bringing up. Um, yeah, Nemesis Games. Oh, one I almost wanted to bring up: Twelve Kings of Sharakai. Sharakai by Bradley oh, P. Yeah. I really like that book. Um, I, I love that world. It's like Arabian Nights, Aladdin with like you know fantasy world uh, with a really cool uh, protagonist. She's like a female pit fighter. Um, again, not too different from Aladdin, maybe. Um, yeah, Shadows of Self. Isn't that the second Sanderson that was this year? Yeah, it yep. was. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite Sanderson, but I mean, you know, it, Sanderson's like pizza. Even like subpar of Sanderson <laughs> is still like pretty good. <laughs> it's like enjoyable to read. Yep. Uh, and then The Grey Bastards by Jonathan French, which is just literally Sons of Anarchy with orcs and who ride literal hogs <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, fun but did anybody read Nimona? yes oh that's the other one Nimona. Yes. i almost drafted okay. that in i had that under under 300 and i almost had under a female author but that's i don't think she's female i think she like has it's like nine non-binary non-binary I don't know. I didn't want to get in trouble, so I didn't know. The, I, just, I don't know the author. All I know is its website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that—that's really. Good. I like Nimona quite a bit. Uh, it's a cute story. Um, good artwork. It's just kind of like about an evil villain, like sorcerer villain, and he has like a spunky villain sidekick, his little girl. Um, but it touches on who's significantly angrier than he is. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but it it touches on like uh, important topics and subjects too. I should have picked that. I'd pick stupid the shootout solution, Sean or not. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking about uh, Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Mm. Mm. A lot of good books yeah, this year. Yeah, 2015. Good, good year. year. 
All right, let's sign off. Um, first, I want to thank Drew from Inking Out Loud to come on, for coming on with us. Did you want to plug like future episodes, your Patreon? Um, yeah, yeah. So we are currently in the middle of a Miss Born Era two, uh, nice. which got a mention on this episode here. Uh, we're kind of in the lead up to the Lost Metal mm-hmm. coming out in November. And that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, if you're a Cosmere fan, you definitely want to read that book. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and so, like Yeti said, we do have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash inkingoutloud. We got all kinds of fun stuff going on there, including a tier that Yeti himself took advantage of and forced us to read <laughs> The Divine Cities, which was an excellent choice. <laughs> um, it's either that or the Canians. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. I'm very, very glad to have read more Robert Jackson Bennett. So, yeah, you can find us on uh, you know Twitter at IOL Podcast. We have a Discord server. I think I have a tweet pinned for that one that has a, an eternal link. But if not, you know, see me around and on Facebook. Twitter, Discord for the Legendarium here. Uh, Yeah. But in general, thanks for having me join. This was a ton of fun. No problem. Yeah. I would definitely suggest being a patron too, because in regards to this episode, I believe you have a patron only episode for the builders. I think that's when I joined or why I joined. Uh, We do. We do Mm. indeed. So, and it's definitely worth it. So, uh, but Let's get out of here. I want to thank uh, Craig from the Legendarium for letting us uh, use his space. I want to thank Horizon Braves, uh, Horizon Brave, for starting this little uh, get up. And I want to thank my lovely panelists, uh, Befuddled Panda, Kipton, and Drew again from Inking Out Loud podcast. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Bye.